0: Come on, love on somebody this morning. Glad you're here, sharing the front row with me. Just a reminder let yes. the kids go. All right, kids, you're free to go. Kids' church is now happening. All right, once you're sitting down, go ahead and get your Bibles out. Hey, Mark, can you give me a little more here, please? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Hey, Skip, can you make sure the EQ is good on this for the recording? Thank you, sir. Hey, so we're working real hard to get our uh, stuff online. We're kind of redoing our website. Um, that kind of stuff, so we're working real hard on getting all the sermons online, so if they encourage you or bless you, um, go online and we'll get those up as soon as we possibly can. Once we get in the flow of things, we're going to try and have those up by Sunday night, Monday, so that um, they'll, they're readily available, so that sound good? Hey, I hope everyone, uh, is everyone here hopefully planning on coming tomorrow night? Yeah? yeah? Raise your hand, I want to see who's coming so I can get everyone else in trouble. Robert, why is your hand up? Okay, so tomorrow night is a citywide um, tent revival, and if you're not familiar with tent revivals, that was real popular uh, back in the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, where uh, evangelists used to go about, and they used to just go to a city, pop up a tent, and there's great revival stories, healings, miraculous things that have happened in the past when they've done tent revivals. So what has happened here in Yuba City is that they're doing a tent revival all week, and so each church is taking a night and going to preach and do worship, and we're going to get a hold of God, so we're expecting great things. So I would come this week as much as you can, go every night if you possibly can, and uh, get a hold of that, because it's a great way for us to get unified in the city, right? So <laughs> it's, it's okay if we are um, in unity here, right, in our own church, right, <laughs> right, I mean, that's, that's a feat in itself in some churches, but I believe in our church we're going to have to fight that because the enemy is going to want to divide, right? The enemy's goal, what is the enemy's goal? The Bible says. What does the Bible say? Three things. The kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give life. So we have to recognize and not be unaware of the enemy's schemes that say the enemy is coming to divide us, to conquer us, to steal from us what is rightfully ours under a new and better contract covenant. We have the right. Do you understand that, church? Yeah. That we have the right. Now, some people go, well, you can't tell God what to do, and you can't, you know, but just be careful. You gotta, you gotta go, go to God and, oh, God, please do this, and oh, beg him, and no, 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 no. You completely miss the concept of a covenant if you go to Jesus that way. You should go to Je- you should go to the Father in the name of Jesus and say, "Father, Jesus said I can have this, and I'm coming to get it." You know that makes God more proud for you to come in confidence because you're believing what He said than for you just to come to Him and beg Him, "Oh God, please do this, please do that." Oh God, please do this and begging him and groveling and, and acting like you don't deserve it. Uh, we really don't. But do you know that when you come to Jesus, someone needs to hear this today, when you come to Jesus in, in Christ, you fully deserve it. you got to get that in your head. Some of you, that just that makes your brain go crazy. When you come to the Father in Jesus' name, you are coming in full confidence because you 100% deserve it. And you think, whoa, gosh. This week, I've done stuff where I don't deserve it. But that's why you're in Christ. That's why you're a new creature. And that's why the word says that if you're in Christ, God sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ. That means this when God looks at you, he sees you as perfect, he sees you as flawless, he sees you completed in Christ. Because that's how good the work of Jesus was. And that's called faith, church, when you believe that. You've got to believe it regardless of what you see on the outside. Can I get an amen? Is this... Uh, come on. Help me, help me, church. Wow. We need to make sure... I, I want to get this in your hearts, guys, because we got to go to God. We've got to believe him when we come to him and ask him for things. He says, ask whatever you want according to my will and it'll be done. In fact, you can say to that mountain, go jump into the sea, and it'll do it if you believe in your heart. What? How many of us are believing this past week for so much that it's like a casting a mountain into the sea? Or commanding a fig tree to die right there on the spot? What did the fig tree do? It died. It died. Sorry, I got a little carried away there. All right. That had nothing to do with anything, my sermon, but my point was, (laughs) I think, (laughs) my point was is that we need to come together in unity for for this city. It can be one thing to get unity in our church, but when the churches come together and are one despite the differences, tomorrow part of what I'm going to talk about is uh, in all things love, right? In essentials, unity. We have to be in agreement on the essentials of the Christian faith. In non-essentials, we got to have liberty. We've got to be free to allow people to use the spiritual gifts like our church is going to and does. And then we've got to have the liberty also to be a blessing on the churches that don't quite understand that or don't think that's for today. That's okay. They'll get there. Every church has an important part in God's plan in this city. Whatever they believe, whatever level they're at, wherever they're at with Christ, that's up to God. And God's got that under control. You and me don't have to or need to control that. Amen. Right? We don't have to, but God's going to use every, every church where they're at to bring people into a closer walk with Jesus. And so we have to have that liberty to say it's okay for that. They have to have the liberty to say it's okay to do what you do long as it's biblically based, Right? And then the last thing, all things got to be done in love. So at the end of the day, we got to love everybody because that's what's going to win this city for Christ. Did you you realize that? It is John 17. We talked about it the first Sunday I was here that talks about when the church comes together as one in unity, that's when the world will go, hey, what's up? The non-believers, the people in the world that don't know Jesus will see the love that the churches have together, that Christ's followers are loving each other, and when they see that, they're going to go, now that's something different. And when they see that, that's going to go, wait, I want to know, I want to be a part of this great love that that the world can't do, but yet somehow God does through the church. So anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. And I think uh, just a preview of tomorrow, I was praying last week and I was doing my devotions, And I was in the book of Nehemiah, and I told this on vision night. And God showed me and told me, and I I wasn't even, I wasn't thinking about the preaching. I was just doing my devotions, minding my own business, (laughs) doing my devotions. And God just said, that's, I want you to, I want you to preach on that. I'm like, wait, what? Revival. What do you mean? Well, this is a picture, Doug, of where the city's at. Remember, Nehemiah, they were rebuilding the wall. Remember, Jerusalem had been destroyed. And so they were in captivity, and they had come back, and they were rebuilding the wall. And it says they were closing in the gaps of the breaches of the wall, okay? And God said, this city, this community has had lots of prayer in the past. Lots of people that have gone before us today have been praying and interceding for God to move in Yuba City and Marysville and the surrounding community. And God said, you guys, this is where you're at. You're closing in those gaps together but what's going to finally close that, those in is as the churches work together in unity and they learn how to uh, have their shovel in one hand and their sword in the other hand. Remember, they were building the wall, but as they built the wall, you can't put your sword down. Because as you're trying to build unity and build that wall together, you put your sword down, the enemy's going to come, and they did. In Nehemiah's day, they came and they tried to, to, to stop the work of the wall. Are you with me? Is this, is this percolating in your heart? Yeah? Yeah? All right, notify your faces. Tell them that. Yes, it's percolating in your... All right, let's get on to today's. Oh, we have plenty of time today. You guys ready to get in the Word? Yeah. So, last week we were worshiping and, and uh, I had some other stuff I was going to preach on, but God said, okay, now's the time to do that that one sermon that I showed you. He showed me a picture one day. of um, I was, I'll start here. I was actually... In another church and I was on the side of the stage and at this church um, the lights were darker. and they had their projectors on each side of the church and um, I was praying for somebody and I and I looked up and God said do you want to see what I see yeah (laughs) are you kidding me yeah God like totally and, and I was in this, this you know, just worshiping, and I just was praying for people as they were coming up. We were just having a worship night. The band was singing, and everyone was just getting in with God. And, and I looked up, and he said, what I see in the spirit realm, and what was really cool was uh, the projectors were projecting, and they had a little mist, clouds, or smoke stuff, you know, just enough to make the lights, you know, shine. You could see the, the light beams. You with me? And so I looked up, and he says, when I Look, in the congregation, when my kids gather together, what I see are are a couple things. Two of them are light from each person. Do you know that God is light, and in him there is no darkness? And where does God live? In us. Emmanuel, God with us, the hope of glory. And so God says, when I look out on the people coming together and see, God's here right now. Did you know that? But God could be here right now in a greater measure than he is right now. Do you believe that? Yes. So God is always present because he lives in us. So he's always here. But is, it, is, he, is he here in a great measure, in a powerful, is, is it the weighted glory presence of, the, of God? And that's, there's, le, there's levels of God, and it's not one through ten. It's just a little more, a little more, a little more. A little more of his presence. If he, were to, if he were to fully come into this building right now, we would all be on the floor going, oh, what's, what's happening? Because <laughs> we as, as physical beings, we just don't get the majesty, the glory, the awesomeness presence of God. We, just, we can't even comprehend it. We get little glimpses every now and then, but we really just don't get it. And so as I was looking, God was saying, see those light beams? He's like, that's how it goes out. Um, from you, and, and as you repent and cleanse and get rid of the junk that's in your life, you, you let go of the th- your vices in your life that are holding you back for more of God. As you get rid of those and as you cleanse, you know, worship is a cleansing process, right? And, and God said, uh, You start, the, the, the me in you starts breaking out as you, it's like cleaning a dirty window. Or getting the muckers, sh- pulling the shades back in little beams of light. <laughs> he's like, that's what I see. And, and when I see that, that's attracting to me. And then he's, the other thing, which I'm going to talk about more today, is he says, you know what else I, I see? And I said, what? And he's like, well, it's actually, I don't really see it. I actually smell it. That's kind of weird. All right. Okay, God, what do you smell? <laughs> hopefully something good, you know, right? <laughs> okay, God, what, he's like, he's like, and, and he started taking me on this journey, and God sometimes can teach you a whole lot of stuff in like two seconds. You know, if you've ever and you ever spend time with God, you're just in the Word, and all of a sudden, he just illuminates stuff, and you're like, wait, overload my brain, how am I learning all this stuff? And that, that's how God communicates, because God just doesn't only speak in an audible way that we can hear. He does that, but he also Gives impressions and speaks by his spirit. So you can get what I like to call an unction. You can just get a, a quick download. It's like putting a thumb drive in your spirit map. And you, you know It's how God works. So he said, uh, yeah, I, I, there's actually an, an odor, a fragrance, well, a fragrance, uh, uh, an aroma, or, or an odor or a stench. Really? So he took me in this journey, and we're going to go through this. I'm going to take you through this little journey just so you get an idea of how this works because this can work personally for you but it can also and more importantly not more importantly but just as important work corporately for us. And this is what I said last week. We get to choose if God's presence comes weighted in glory or just barely here. I don't know about you, but I want as much as God I would love it. I and I, and I say God kick my butt anytime you want. Just lay me. I don't care. I don't even care. I don't care what anyone in this room thinks. I don't care what anyone thinks. I want more of you. And if, if more of you means I can't stand up like most people when the Lord appeared to them, they're like, God, I can't look. Isaiah, oh my gosh. You know, no one could stand before his presence. It was too hard. And so, God, just douse me. I want more of your presence. And what we have today is our choice as a church, as a family. Do we want more of God? Do we want revival? We talked about, Darlene said, revival starts here, and it does. And it starts with us individually, but when we do that corporately, it expands exponentially the, the, the releasing of the Holy Spirit in this place. So we have that choice. And so God was saying, hey, I uh, I have a, there's a sweet aroma, and there's an odor, and I see it. And so he began, and I looked out in the audience, he said, I look out there. And I looked, and I, and I didn't see it physically, but in the Spirit he showed me that some people were emitting a beautiful fragrance. And then there were several people emitting a gross odor. I'm not talking BO. I'm talking SO. Spirit odor. I'm talking an odor that is released when you are in disobedience, when you're refusing to walk in faith, which is a sin. Unbelief is a sin. The Bible says you cannot please God unless you have faith. It is impossible to please him. You've got to believe that he exists, right? This is the word of God. If you want to please God, you've got to believe that he exists and that he, he rewards those who diligently seek him. You've got to walk by faith. You've got to trust God regardless of what your eyes see and what your five senses perceive in the world. You've got to do it based off of what God says in his word. Whoa. You've got to do it based off what God says in his word. Oh, the little thing came off. We'll just put you right in there. Yeah, right? You've got to go based off what God says versus what you feel or what's pressing you or what someone else says about you or, or your future. So that's faith. So we have that choice, church, of whether we're going to admit when we're together what kind of odor? What kind of aroma? What kind of fragrance are we going to release from our being? We have that choice. So, does anyone in here have a good sniffer? Who has a good sniffer? Yeah, darling, come on up. Brad, come on up. Yeah, I got a big sniffer, but it's not that it works good. Stan, well, stop, stop, stop. Stand right there. Okay, this is good. Girl, girls versus guys. Darling, right over there. Stop it. No, no, don't look over, don't look Don't look and cheat. I saw you looking at the podium. Man, you guys are, can't even have, have a fun game here, man. All right, so I'm gonna ask, um, who, who wants Darlene to win? Yeah, go Darlene! Who wants Brad to win? Yeah, go Brad! <laughs> I don't have much confidence, I mean, you know, not because, it's just because you're a guy, mainly, okay. All right, so, okay, I'm gonna ask. I know this is kind of weird, but can you guys close your eyes? Okay. All right, so we're gonna do a little smell test. I got some, see how good we are here, okay. I'm gonna start with a real easy one and see if they get it, all right? No looking, guys, no looking. Trust me, I'm not gonna touch you. I'm gonna touch your shoulder here, but I'm gonna put something right of your nose. Could you smell it? Okay, do you know what it is? Brad, did you hear? No. Okay. He's like, oh I guess I did hear. <laughs> <laughs> Typical guy. Close your eyes. <laughs> whisper, whisper. whisper. Oh, lemon, he got it, yeah. Okay, give him a hand. All right. Woo. So lemon, pretty easy, lemon, you know. Lemon, um, yeah. Hey, by the way, it's good to have my good friends, Craig and Debbie, and what's your name, Josiah, or Isaiah, or something like that? Um. <laughs> Craig, Craig, uh, raise your hand real quick. Craig was on my council at my first church I pastored. They're from Paradise, and they still go in there. So great to have you guys here. Love you guys. Um, but you know what, why I, I mentioned that right now when I said fragrance? You know what the one, and this is in my notes, so we'll jump ahead. Do, have you ever smelled something and it just triggers a memory like that? Yeah, right, right. So we're going to get into that the spiritual side of that in a second. But what happened when I when I was doing this and I looked over at Debbie? That's you know, so the one thing I thought. What was my favorite thing you made? At your house, and it was something from that grew at your house. And you introduced you introduced us to it. What was it? Yes, peaches and cream. She had a peach tree in her yard. It was it white peaches? I think was it a white it was a. It was super old, but it'd been there forever. And she and I've never had peaches and cream. And so I went over there and, and she said, Here, a dessert. And I was like, Oh my god, this is so good. I was like it having like it was so good. And it's it, and it's like, peaches are great, and then cream, like five million calories in this cream and sorry, that was a sidetrack. my forgive me. Okay, guys ready? Close your eyes. Let's make it a little harder. Oh, this is this will be better. Okay, so let's see. Let's start with the lady first. All right, let's wave some here. Strong, huh? Whis- whisper it think about it let's do it one more just to hear. did you get it I know she's got it. we'll see if Brad can do it Brad close your eyes <laughs> is it recognize you kind of recognize it but you don't know the name is yeah, that I can't put him I'll give you one hint. First one to say it wins. Italian food. Oh, I like it oh well, that was kind of a tie. Good job. Yeah. Oregano. Strong. All right. Let's just do one more and we'll, we'll do a harder one here. Okay. We'll do a, we'll do a, well, I can't say that hint. That would give it away. Last one. We'll just see who's, so it's really one. It's really, yeah, it's really one to zero still in a tie. So, okay. This could break it. Now this has a very distinct smell. So get ready. Sorry, I that was kind of unfair to actually touch your nose. Now that's all you can smell. That that wasn't fair. Okay. All right. All right. Ooh, she got it. Wow. That was good. This is gonna be harder for you, but let's see, Brad. Let's see if you can do it. What does it remind you of? Floral. What? No, floral. Floral, yeah. It reminds me of sawdust. <laughs> it's a biblical fragrance. I'll give you that hint, see if you can catch up. Oh, um, He's a guy. I wouldn't have got it if I was up here. I would just... Uh, Frigantum? Huh? Frigantum? Yeah! Oh, good job with hint. Okay. All right, so we'll call the girls the winner. Sec, short, uh, very close second place. Give them a hand, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yay! So frankincense, frankincense, kind of smells like sawdust, really beautiful smell actually. Now I was going to get some nasty smelling stuff and I thought, no nah, that would be too mean, you know like those jelly beans that taste, you know, like kids throw up and yeah, just uh, I was like I, yeah I was gonna, my wife said no you're not, I was like alright, you're probably right honey. Oh by the way, thank you for praying for my wife Jennifer, she is uh, recovering from surgery, she wanted to be here today, but she was still getting, she she's kind of sick and not just feeling right, and she didn't want to make the trip up, and I told her, she kind of wanted to go, and was going to, ah, just stay home and rest. So she's resting, but she says she loves you all, and she wishes she's here, she'll see you next week for sure. Um, so, all right, back to where we're at. So I want to take you this journey, and you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis 8. Genesis chapter 8. And as you're turning there, we talked about memory and smell. We talked about how we smell something and that reminds us of something from the past. And I don't know about you, but as you think about that thought, as you're turning to Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, I want you to think of a, of, of a smell from your past, like something from your, maybe your childhood that reminds you of something. I'm going to give you a quick hint of what I saw. When I ever, I uh, smell, you know, have you ever had those um, swamp coolers? Yeah, Hamilton's, you guys got one. Yeah. Anyone got a swamp cooler? It's the, you know, water, and it drips water and it blows a fan through it. My grandma had one of those. So growing up, I remember hot summers in a, a little town called Strathmore, kind of by two Larry Fre- uh, Bakersfield, kind of down there south, south south, San Joaquin Valley. And I remember being there as a kid and laying on the couch and it's hot and coming in there in that cool, moist air, but that kind of moist you know, air smell. So whenever I smell that, if it's another house that has a whole house fan or anything similar, it takes me right back and I remember, oh, my grandma, chocolate chip cookies, flat and greasy chocolate chip cookies, not the puffy, the flat ones, and they were so good and, you know, and just, I remember my grandpa, you know, with his oatmeal and he would mix oatmeal up and then he would just pour sugar, pour sugar and pour sugar and pour sugar and pour sugar and he lived to like 90 something, Anyway, so draw that memory. So you guys are probably thinking of things in your past that, oh, yeah, I remember someone's maybe apple pie or cocoa. hot cocoa. How about fresh cut grass? Oh, yeah. You know, that wa- or the sprinklers turning on and the I like that smell too. Yeah. So a lot of those smells remind us of stuff. And, and I'm sure you'll randomly, you never think of something and then you're in a store and you smell something and it reminds you of something. Or how about I was going to bring, I should have brought my bread maker. I was going to plug it in at about 8.30 so that when you guys came in. You'd be smelling fresh sourdough bread being made, baked. Oh, wanted to do that, but, and I, bread, bread smells probably one of my favorites, but uh, we had to, I got in this kick where I started making bread. Yeah, me, I'm not a chef or nothing, but we just got it. And we bought a bread maker, and we started making these different kinds of bread. There is nothing better than hot, fresh baked bread, popping it out of there, cutting it in steams, sh- you're cutting it down, just kind of rolls down, plops here, and getting a big gob of real butter, and blah, 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 and just, ah, rah, rah. okay, whoa, wow, 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 that was a powerful little, you. oh, she grew up that in a, was the best smell. yeah, that was the best smell, so those create memories, so let's read Genesis 8:23. I'm going to read for you, and I'm going to be in the new King James Version, but read along in yours, and it's verse 20, we're going to do 21 as well. It says, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Remember, we're in Genesis 8. We're before the law. We're before the prescribed offerings and all that stuff. Just a side note. Verse 21, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord... Then right after he smelled this soothing aroma, look what it says. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although his imaginations of man's hearts is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. And I just began to think of that, and God draw me back to the aroma of sacrifice. It's in Genesis, and I want to point out a few things, because God is attracted to our actions and decisions we make that point to a promise. Let's talk about that. What was God smelling a soothing aroma? Was it just because he liked barbecued birds? <laughs> I mean, I'm all down for a good barbecue, right? You know, tri-tip, ribs, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm good for a down barbecue. But God wasn't just, he, it wasn't a soothing smell to him, because he was smelling a good barbecue, or it wasn't even a good smell just because they were doing a sacrifice. The reason it smelled so good to God because it was a soothing aroma is because of what it pointed back to. It triggered God's memory in a way, and he remembered back earlier in Genesis when God promised to redeem her back in Genesis chapter 3. Remember when Adam and Eve fell, and then they came back, and God found them in the, the garden, right? And he said, hey, where are you guys at? And they were hiding, remember? Yeah. And, and he said, Lord, we're afraid we were naked and we hid from you. And he, you know what he said? Who told you you were naked? So they had this uh, sin come upon, and, and so what did they do? They, they wrapped themselves. This isn't part of my sermon. I just don't want to trip over my shoelace. <laughs> So they, what did they clothe themselves in? And then what did God clothe them in? Animal skins. skins. You think, wait a minute, there was no sacrifice. The sacrificial system, the substitution of the lamb, the promise of Jesus to substitute in our place was instituted way before the law back in Genesis. And that soothing aroma to God it was soothing because he's like, I promised to send my son to redeem back what was lost. See, God, Adam and Eve's sin didn't catch God by surprise. He didn't go, oh, no, they screwed up my whole plan. What am I going to do now? God knew in foreknowledge what was going to happen, and he knew, and so that's why he promised a redeemer. And when Noah and the, the earth had gotten super annoying, the, I mean, the world was depraved. It was, uh, they were getting to where obviously God had to clean house. Every thought of man was evil. But God said, no, there's hope. There's hope in what I had promised back in Genesis, early Genesis to Adam and Eve, and there's hope now. And when I smell that smell, it reminds me, and I'm attracted to it because it reminds me of the decisions, and so why was it pleasing? Because Noah made a sacrifice out of obedience, and that aroma from that sacrifice triggered God's memory and said, yes, I've got him. Jesus is coming. The Messiah was promised. So I want to give you a little help in understanding something real quick. This is kind of a commercial break. When the cross, the, the cross is here in the middle, so when we're, the Old Testament looked forward to the cross. So in the Old Testament, they had to have faith, right? They had to have faith in what God was going to do. Were they there at the cross? Was Noah there? No, he wasn't. But he had faith based on what? What God said. You can't have faith unless you have a word from God. That's made-up stuff. You you can only exercise your faith if you have something of God's word to stand on and believe for. So they were believing in faith, trusting that what God said was going to happen and be true, that there was going to be a redeemer called Messiah. He was going to come and he was going to be the sacrificial lamb that would take away the sins of the world. That's Noah. Now we come to this side of the cross, 2017, you and me. And we look back to the cross. But were any of us there? Nope. So in a sense, I have to trust in what God said that happened back at the cross when Messiah gave his life. I have to exercise faith. I have to trust what God said is true. The just shall live by faith. I had to live by faith. You have to live by faith. Noah had to live by faith. So when we think of that, when we think of the, 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 the sacrifice of Christ and believing in faith, we've got to believe that it's a walk of faith. No matter where you live, you have to trust God that what his word says was true. And that's what happened in Genesis. God remembered his promise. He knew his plan. He knew his only begotten son would be sent. His one and only son, his prize would be sent to, to a world that would crucify him, spit on him, beat him, and crucify him on a cross. All because he did nothing. He did not deserve death. He did not sin. He did not mess up. But he substituted himself in for you and for me and took our sin, our mistakes, all our junk on his shoulders and died on the cross. What a sweet-smelling aroma that is. That's why God throughout, not just in Genesis, but even when we get into Leviticus and Deuteronomy and we go through the law... We see it over and over, and as you read your Bible, and if you read that part, you know, sacrifice this way. And they had, like, all these different types of sacrifices and different things happen, but all the time, many times, I think four, over 40 times, God says, and it shall be a sweet-smelling aroma. It's going to be a good smell. Mmm, I love that smell. Why? Because my, my baby boy. I'm giving up my baby boy for you, and it smells good because this is a good plan, this is good stuff. It is in alignment with my will. That's why stuff smells good. When you come into an alignment with God, you come into agreement, you get out of your own thinking, and you come into an alignment with God's thinking. So then we look, we've seen what smells good. Well, what smells bad to God? Let's look at that real quick, because in this journey, when I was on the stage, I was looking, God saying, there's good and there's bad smell, and he took me to Genesis. He took me to the Old Testament. He said, hey, remember the sacrifices? And that's what we just talked about, and it kind of brings that memory to him. And he said, you know, but things don't always smell good. Offerings and sacrifices made to other gods. You know, what, you know what's interesting about God and, and life is that the enemy takes everything that God does and tries to twist it and turn it. God made sacrifice first because it was a great thing, a promise of a redeemer. And then Satan comes in, and then he starts, in the Old Testament, he starts luring people away from serving the, the true God to false gods. And what do they start doing? They start making sacrifice. But guess what they started sacrificing? Their own children. It got that bad. They started burning incense and things, but they were burning incense and fragrance to a false god. They were sacrificing and doing awful things in honor of their fake false gods. And that was a bad smell. Jeremiah 6.20, you can write that down in your notes, look it up later. But Jeremiah was addressing this issue. And he said, what, and God was speaking, and he was speaking what God was saying. And God said, what do I care about incense from Sheba or sweet aromas from the distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices do not please me. So God was saying, the right kind of sacrifice pleases me. The wrong sacrifice does not please me. It is a stench in my nostrils. Think about that. What smells good now? You know, as I started thinking about that, you know, it's like Old Testament, you know, kind of our picture book. I always like to think of the Old Testament as God's picture book for the New Testament. God likes to have principles and truths in the New Testament that always correlate somewhere in the, in the, in the Old. And I began to think about, God, okay, so how does that translate now, God? I, I remember all that stuff that you're showing me right now, standing here back on the stage, or the side of the stage, really, praying and looking out on the congregation, and, and him going, uh, he said this, he's like, Doug, if, you could, if we could all get together and all let off a fragrance, we could do something, the most powerful thing in this universe... We could attract God. Think, think of that thought. So I started thinking about what is in this New Testament that, that this talks about. What does God smell now? Like, and what do we sacrifice now? What do these actions that emit a good aroma look like today? In the Old Testament, that we talked about that. But today in the New Testament, what does it look like? And I want you to turn to Romans 12 in your Bibles, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it talks about, we're going to talk about a few New Testament sacrifices Romans 12.1 is a a very popular verse, uh, one of my favorites. Paul talks about here, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Wait a minute. (laughs) How do those two words get together? You ever think of that? Wait, living? Wait, I thought sacrifice involved death. I thought sacrifice in the Old Testament meant, man, you're cutting, you're blaring blood everywhere. It's, it's, it's pretty brutal. If you really think about what Old Testament sacrifice was, there was blood all over. But then Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy and the work of Christ, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So today, our sacrifice is not about an animal substitution because Jesus was the final sacrifice, thank God, right? But today, God is still calling us to put things to death that should not be alive. God is saying, offer your body, your life, as a living sacrifice, meaning he wants you to continue to live, but he wants you to put to death things that are holding you back and keeping you from an abundant life in Christ, for being a witness to the non-believers, and to emitting a beautiful fragrance. Put to death those things that emit a stench, an odor from your life. And look what he tells us how to do that in verse 2. Perfect. Verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you put to death the things that are not supposed to be there? You can you don't conform to the world, but you transform to God by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to prove and test and uh, approve what a- what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now I want you to notice that we don't conform to the world, but we are transformed. The word "transform" in the Greek is a cool word, and it talks about transformation from the inside out. It's the word and a root word of "metamorphosis," right? And that's where that word comes from, where it's a changing, a, a changing of, of from the inside to the outside. And God wants us to look in our hearts and start taking those things that are not, should not be there, the loves of this world, the friendships with the world, the things that we're holding dear onto, the things that make up our identity, the things that are vices, the things that are ripping and stealing from us. The alcohol, the drugs, all that stuff that are, are pulling from us. Maybe it's just, maybe it's a, um, things that are pulling you away from intimacy with God. And he wants you to crucify them. He wants you to kill them. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. And, I, and when you do that, when you repent and say, God, you know what? I'm looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at. I'm talking about things I shouldn't be talking about my heart's not right, and you let God examine your heart, and you get rid of those things that are tearing you away from God, and you kill that, when you repent, you let off an aroma. You let off a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. A pleasing sacrifice, a good-smelling sacrifice, is one that causes you to come into an alignment with God's word. Get rid of anything that does not belong. That's why God tells us to examine our hearts. That's why God tells us to ask God, God, is there any wicked way in me? Is there any twistedness? Is there anything that does not align with your word? Not because it's right or wrong and do's and don'ts. Remember, we talked about this last week. Guys, I'm telling you, God's word is there for us to come into alignment with because he's our creator, He's the designer of our lives. He knows what's best. And as we come into alignment with him, that's when we emit this beautiful fragrance. But when we continue in sin, we continue in rebellion in our hearts, we continue to do the things that we know displease God, we release an odor and a stench that God chooses to not be around. You ever been around something that smelled really bad? Huh? You ever oh man. Does not make you wanna oh pick up dog poo-poo. Oh so good, <laughs> yummy, yum. Right? I know that's childish, but it, it gets the point done, right? No. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, I have two boys. <laughs> They're 21 and 22. I've had my I've had my share. Oh, Justin. Oh. Do I still love my son? Yep. Does, does he smell? Do I want to correct that? Why? Because do I want to be around my son? You better believe it. Same thing with you and God. Some of you here today are not wanting to release some things in your life. You're operating out of fear. You have unforgiveness in your heart. You're, keep, you're holding on to something in your life that you are refusing to trust God in, and he loves you. But it's a stench to him, and he can't be around you. And here's where it gets a little downright tough for all of us. When you bring that to the house of God, you keep everyone else around you with a little odor in the room. And God's like, oh, I want to be there so bad. The Rivers Church, man, I I love them so much. They're each my children. I, I want to be with them. I want to... Pour out my spirit. I want to let my glory fall and I want them to experience who I am. But man, I just, I can't right now. Think about that. Another example of the sacrifice is in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13 write that down. I want you to look at these verses guys when I'm preaching up here. I am asking and expecting this body to get in these these scriptures this week and meditate on them and ask God by the Holy Spirit to show you some personal things for you cuz you're not going to get it all in a preaching thing. You got to feed yourself. Hebrews 13:15. He says, we're thinking Paul, we're not sure who wrote it, but therefore the, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Mm. the fruit of our lips confessing his name and do not forget to do good and share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased there it is again that kind of sacrifice God is pleased why because it's an aroma to him why because you're not forgetting to do good and share but then also your your fruit of your lips is confessing his name what does that mean The fruit of your lips are confessing his name. That means you're getting your heart in alignment with what God is saying, his name, what he stands for, his principles, his precepts. You're saying to him, you're confessing his name. Lord, I don't feel this way, but I'm going to choose to be loving today. This guy, that guy cut me off. I want to be angry, but Lord, I'm confessing your name. I'm giving a sacrifice of praise, which is saying, oh, Lord, I praise you. I'm going to choose to do it your way. Are you with me? So it's that sacrifice that gets us into an alignment. What we sacrifice today willingly will build a better us tomorrow. Think about that, guys. Think as a sacrifice is progressively building you into the image of Christ. It's getting rid of that odor. It's getting rid of those things that are tying you down. Fear of man, fear of failure tying you down to to, to, uh, being in a a spirit of poverty over your life where things just keep going wrong. God wants to release you from that. And as we confess our sin, as we repent and turn from our ways that don't align with God, God brings healing. But think about that. Our choices today, the things we sacrifice, and some of you today, I'm going to challenge you in in just a few minutes to sacrifice some things on the altar to cut down those things, to get rid of those things that are stenching up your life and causing God to want to stand back, and that will allow God to come in and find you, be with you. 1 Corinthians 3. This might be all we can get to today. If a man, 1 Corinthians 3, chapter, uh, verse 12. This kind of is showing us the process of this sacrificial New Testament sacrifice uh, plan. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. If a man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. So we have the option here, church, to build our lives according to God's word, gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, and straw. What do you think is going to stand in the fire? I... I would rather have that than hay. Or wood, or straw. I would rather build my life on the principles of God. Remember, the sacrifice is us coming into alignment with God's word. That emits a beautiful fragrance to the Lord. So we have to build along his precepts. We have to build our hearts and our lives. Guys, I'm telling you, fire is coming. I'm telling everyone in this room, I wish I could call you out all by name, but fire is coming. We are promised it in the Bible as Christians, as people. You're going to go through things, and things are going to test you and bring fire to you, and you've got to make sure you're on a sure foundation. And if you have things that are holding you back, emitting odor in your life, you're not going to stand in the fire. You've got to submit yourselves to God. You've got to get rid of those things that you have been fighting your whole life, the things that torment you, the things that, 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 that give you dreams at night. You've got to fight those. So I'm standing over here in that church, and I'm, I'm closing right now, guys, so hang with me. Are you guys still good? I, I don't want to... My one fear is to be a boring person. I don't want to, I want to keep you engaged because I'm, I'm telling you about life, about God's life in us. And when I was standing over here, I said, God, I see that where there could be certain people with stench and certain people with good fragrance. And I said, but what do you mean by that? You know, what, what do you, you know I know you want it to smell good. That's a good thing. He's like, but remember, Doug, he said, we're in a love relationship. This is a love relationship. This isn't servant and king, and he, it is that to a degree, but we're more than just a servant, guys. He calls us friends. He calls us sons and daughters. He wants to be intimate with us. And, I, and so he said, you know, Song of Solomon's is a, obviously a story of a love book, but it, it talks about and re, reveals the love between really the God and his church. And I, I was, he kind of led me to the first chapter, and I was just flipping through, and in the first chapter, it talks about talks about the fragrance of a woman drawing her lover into her room. Let me say this again, guys. Our fragrance, when we emit a fragrance that attracts God, it's like attracting our lover into our life, into our heart, into our room. God wants nothing more, guys, than to be close with you, to know you, to be intimate with you. That's why he gave up so much so that he could have a relationship with you. He just didn't give his only son so you could be free from fire and hell and whatever. No, he gave his son so he could have commune with you. He could be one with you. He loves you so very much that he gave his only son to have communion with you. And when we allow that fragrance off of our lives, it attracts our lover. And I'm telling you guys, we as a church, we have the choice today to attract the most high God, creator of all heaven and all earth, the lover of our souls. We have the option to draw him today By us now choosing to walk in obedience and to say, God, I'm giving up this. I'm sacrificing this. God, by your Spirit, Holy Spirit, show us now as you have. Show each of us in our hearts the thing, God, that you are calling us to cut off today. The thing that we're to put down. When you put something on an altar, you know why it was burnt? It was burnt because... It wasn't to be used by anybody. Totally burnt. No one got to eat it. Because some of the sacrifices the priest got to eat. Some of the sacrifices the family got to eat. But there was a burn offering. No one got to eat. And those are the kind that you, you never see again. All things become new in Jesus. All of our old self, gone. That old nature, gone. Everything's new in Jesus. So we have a choice, guys, to come near to God or stay far. We have a choice today to emit an aroma like our two sniffers up here. Got to smell. We can be a fragrant offering to God or we can continue to walk in stench. But it's our choice today. If we want revival in our church, if we want God to come close to us, he's given us the option to say, yes, God, I want more of you and I'm willing to sacrifice it all. And give up whatever you want in order to have more relationship with you. Because I'll tell you the secret. It's not just the fragrance. that See, the fragrance is what attracts. But the cool thing about God is he already has the love and the desire for us in his heart. He loves us. Oh, he loves us so much. He desires to be with me and you. And the only thing that separates us now as believers... Yeah, Christ lives in you, but he doesn't fully have his fullness in any of us yet. That's what we're in the process of. But we can allow more and more of God's presence, his spirit in us as we get rid of those things that keep him away from fully being in us. Are you with me? Listen to this last scripture as I read it. James 4 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And here's a beautiful part of the scripture. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. How? Wash your hands. You have sin in your life. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve and mourn. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's telling us, draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. How do you do that? By submitting, by lowering yourself on the ground and saying, oh, God, God. See if there's any wicked thing in me. Anything that displeases you. I want more of you, God. You've designed me as a being to hold your glory, God. And I want all of you in me. And I don't want anything hindering me from that. Nothing. I don't care what anyone thinks in my life, in the world. I care what you think. And I want all of you. Jeremiah 29, you've all heard it before. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, and most of us stop right there. We don't read it in context. That's still good. But it goes on to say in verse 12, Then you will call upon me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, when you seek me with your whole heart. God has great plans for you. He does. Plans to prosper you in your life, in your business, in your relationships. All of it. He has those plans. But those plans only get into motion when we seek his face. They don't just come because, oh yeah, Jesus in my heart, I get it all. No, it doesn't work like that. We have to, the Bible tells us simply, when you seek me with all your heart, then you'll start getting all that. Another famous one, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We've all heard that one. A lot of us have. Listen to this. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send plague among my people, doesn't start out too great, does it? But we would just read 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. God's heart is always looking for the heart that's repentant and turning to God. Saying no to their own will and saying yes to God's will. You know what really got me on this whole aroma thing at the very end? Was a verse in Revelations. I think it's five. And in the end of days, it says the angel was in heaven and they had a bowl. And it says that that bowl of incense was all the prayers of the saints. I thought, wow, that's a great picture that as God, as, as God's children pray and cry out to him, our cry out of prayer becomes a vapor and a, an incense, and God saved them all and has them in a bowl. He's heard your prayers, guys. When you've cried out in your heart, he's heard you. He's not forgetting that. He'll never forget what you've cried out and what you've said. It's all recorded in his heart. He knows it. Knows all the things you said. When you've been alone and scared in your room, when you've been hurt and didn't think you could pull out of a depression, he's, he's there. He's heard your prayers and he wants to love on you. But I'm telling you, we have got... God made the first initiation by sending his son, Jesus. From that point on, he says, remember in James, draw near to me. Then I will draw near to you. See the... the He already came. He already provided everything we need. Now it's our obligation, our choice to say, I receive your good gift, I draw near to you, and I choose to be a good fragrance for you. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to see the beauty of your fragrance, the beauty of the aroma. Lord, that comes only through you and your son Jesus. Oh God, we think of the lady who who broke a jar of perfume. A whole year's wage it took to buy that one jar of perfume. And she broke that fragrance over the master to prepare him for burial. What a sweet aroma that was that Jesus had run the race, he had done everything he said he would do, he lived it perfectly, and now he was giving up his own life for us. Lord, we want to be a fragrance unto you. And so, Lord, right now I'm asking in the name of Jesus, as every head is bowed and eyes closed, just in a reverential worship to God right now, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you quicken to our hearts and our minds the things that are keeping us from bringing a fragrant offering to you. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I just pray your conviction, not condemnation, O God, but your sweet conviction, would come upon us now and show us anything that's hindering us from being an offering of aroma and fragrance to you, a pleasing sacrifice. And maybe you're here today and the Holy Spirit's impressing on you that you need to surrender your life to Christ because you've never... Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never accepted Him as Savior. You've never repented and turned and become born again. And the Bible says you must be born again. And if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Doug, you know that's me. I've never done that, but I want to give my first fragrant offering to the Lord. I've never done it before, but I want to give my heart a fresh and anew this morning. And I want to give my first offering of praise my first offering of a a beautiful smelling aroma to god by surrendering my heart to you for the first time is that you is the holy spirit tugging on your heart this morning if it is if he is i'm asking you to just lift up your hand and look at me in the eye and i'm going to pray for you i'm not going to make you do anything weird i'm just going to pray with you is there anyone here today that would say yeah pastor doug that's me i want to give that first fragrant aroma to you To God this morning by surrendering my life to Jesus. Just slip up your hand. Anyone here today? Anyone else? Anyone else? Jesus, Jesus. I want to give a sweet-smelling aroma. I'm also going to ask for those of you that know the Lord and are saved, and you for sure got a home in heaven. There's no question on that, but you know there's something in your life and the Holy Spirit has pointed out something to you specifically, maybe more than one thing that he wants you to put on the altar this morning. And so we're going to ask that you do that. We're going to take a few minutes while Skip just lightly does worship behind us. And I want you to make your chair if you can or just your lap, maybe it's your lap or your hands. I want you to make that an altar for you today whatever you're comfortable with. If you want to make it your hands, do that. And just put that thing in your hands and picture that thing in your hands and ask God to take it, to kill it, to help you get rid of that thing that's hindering you, that thing that brings odorous smell. So right now, put put your hands out or turn around in your chair and find that altar place if that's you. I know God's speaking to a lot of your hearts. I know it. He's telling me right now, He's telling me, Doug, I am pressing on hearts right now. I'm pressing on them so that they make a beautiful fragrance to me. Just give it to them right now. Oh, God, we take those things that hold us back and we lay them on the altar. and With, we, with our own hands, we repent. We come into alignment with you, God, and we turn from our wicked ways. We turn from our selfish ways. We turn from things that gratify the flesh versus our spirit. We turn from those things that are carnal and not supernatural. And we crucify them, Lord. And right now, wherever you're at, just begin to, with your voice, just say, Lord, I repent. Just begin to say, that. I repent of whatever it is. I repent of that, God. I recognize it as sin. I recognize it as something that you want out of my life. Just begin to say it. You don't have to say it loud. Just say it, Just say it to the Lord. It's just you and him it's just you and him it's just you and me Lord it's just you and me no one else around you no one else is there everyone else is concerned about what they're doing with God not about you so just begin to tell them oh God forgive me for being selfish with my family Lord forgive me for my anger outbursts that's not of you when I when that happens God I know that that is a Ugly smell, a stench in your nose. God, I don't want to burst out in anger anymore. I don't want to lose my temper anymore, God. I want to have that under control. So I crucify that, that anger in Jesus' name. Just say that to him. That's all you got to say. Repent. God, forgive me for being stingy with my resources, my time, my talents, and treasures. Lord, forgive me for hoarding on to my own stuff and not being a giver like you. Lord, crucify that stinginess in me. Lord, crucify that self-centeredness in me, God. Help me to be more others-focused, Lord. I care more about my life than I do the people that are dying and going to hell around me. Oh, God, wake me up, Lord, to the fact that people need Jesus, Lord. Help my heart to break for what breaks yours, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. You and me here it's only You and me here now. Just you and me here. Just you and me, God. Oh God, just you and me. you and me, Lord. Lord, even though this is painful for us in a way, we know that this pain produces life and produces freedom. So, God, we gladly sacrifice the things that bring an odor into our life and we freely accept and add to our life more of you that brings a fragrant offering. And we know, Lord, by the very act of repenting, we are breaking, Lord, that jar of fragrance. The very act of repenting and turning to you is breaking a new fragrance in our life. Lord, may our lives be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. May our actions, may our words be a fragrance to others, Lord. May the way we treat people and the, the way we treat our family and our coworkers. And just random people in the grocery store, may the way we see them and talk to them be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. Oh, God, we want to be attractive to the lost, and we pray that. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, church, love you. So glad you're here today. Sorry I went a little long today, but I really... I really think we needed to hear this today. So God bless your week. Don't let this church ending be the end of this, what God's doing in your hearts. Let this be during the week. Revisit this, uh, what we talked about this morning in your devotions and your prayer time and ask God about your fragrance this week. And whenever you smell a sweet smelling aroma this week, I'm giving you assignment. Let's have some fun with this. I want you to post it on, our, on the River's Facebook page. And all you're going to say, because everyone's going to wonder what we talked about, all you're going to say is, I smelled a beautiful orange whatever, or, man, I smelled some fresh bread, wasn't it great? And we're all going to know what we're talking about. But no one else will, and we'll have fun with that. So go this week and remember, don't forget what God's working in you today, okay? All right. So your release bless you this week. Make sure you give someone a hug before you leave today. Amen? And we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. if you can make it.